Hey, good morning, everybody. Good afternoon. Radio 5G is here with you. This is Michael Henry Dunn with my uh, good friend, the remarkable Nancy Hopkins. Good morning, Nancy. How are you? Good morning, Michael, and I'm doing just fine. Thank you. All right. Well, um, last time here on Radio 5G, we shared with you a, a panel of... Actually, Michael, that, that show just played. Oh, we just we just cut it off. But that's Carrie is on that show that just played. Whoever was listening to it. Oh, how recently did it play? I mean, so they're just hearing about this thing. We just cut into it, the end of it. Oh, in other words, it was playing. It was playing when we came in. Just now. (laughs) Just now. So the people understand. Last week's last week's show, for some reason, you know, just timing, came up in the playlist. That's what's just been playing. And who we're, who we're going to listen to today is Dr. Carrie. Oh, gee, what is her last name? M-A-D-E-J. I'm not even sure how to pronounce it. M-A-D-E-J. Okay, so she's the doctor that we're, is going to be interviewed. And the guy, the guy that's interviewing her, I, don't, I can only spell his name. It's up on the promo. Look at the promo. <laughs> okay, spell the name for me, please. Okay, I'm going to spell the name here. K. This is his first name. K-A-M-A-L-P-R-E-E-T. Here's his last name. S-I-N-G-H. Go, Kamalpreet Singh. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, that guy. <laughs> Kamalpreet Singh, yes. Dr. Kamalpreet. No, that's, uh, he's most likely a Sikh. Um, well, but, he's know, dressed like that. Ah, okay. So, you know, um, because conventional uh, Sikhs, the men wear turbans and have beards. Yes, that's him. Uh, yeah, and actually, they um, it is a, a basic sort of requirement of Sikhism that uh, the men not shave even one hair of their beard from the time it starts to grow when they're teenagers or whenever, right? So, so the, those are the guys who have the, that strange netting you'll see in a beard, so that they can look trim and businesslike um, without violating the religious tenet of never ever cutting a single hair of their heads. Um, there's a lot. You mean they can't even that. trim it? Uh, no, no. I mean, you know, it is my understanding. Uh, but this and, guy, this guy, if he was growing it that long, he'd be, he'd be tripping over it. Well, exactly. That's why they have this netting, see, that they put around their faces, and it's so um, tightly enmeshed with their beard that you hardly even see it. But it keeps the beard pressed up against their face, oh, making it wow. look as if they have a trim beard when, in fact, they haven't shaved it since they were fourteen. Oh, so, yeah, and this this goes back to. Um, the Muslim invasion uh, of India and the Hindu kingdoms were being defeated by the Muslim invaders. And so they got together and said, you know, our warriors, our warrior caste, the Kshatriyas, they're not, they're not doing the job. We're losing. And so we have to create a super caste from all the most warlike children of all the castes and, you know, in order to be able to defeat the Muslims. And, um, and then there's a beautiful Guru Nanak and the, the ten Guru lineage of the Sikh religion. And they basically said, there are no gods. There's only one God. All these deities, they don't even exist. And you need to commune with the one God. They're, they're sometimes referred to as the Jews of Asia because they are entrepreneurs and very focused and very successful. And they're this small, tight group. Anyway, that's your little lesson 
perhaps on Dr. Surpreet Singh, uh, who is with Dr. Kerry today. You never cease to, to amaze me how you tell me things that I've never heard before. <laughs> Every show I learn something from you. That's why I love oh, these shows. That's, that's great. I feel that makes me feel good. Yeah. Um, thank you. So anyway, um, so, you know, we like to, yeah, we'll speculate here on Radio 5G and, and, um, but we also really appreciate it when we can bring on certified um, physicians with decades of experience, people of of solid reputation who you know understand the big picture, and they're bringing you the hard science of of what's going on. And when they're speculating, they'll tell you we're speculating on this part, but this is hard science. And so. Um, what what is Dr. Kerry going to share with us here, Nancy? Well, she she's the one that was talking about the five G connection to the pandemic. Um, uh, in in the last show, they just heard if they heard it. Otherwise, it's in an archives. <laughs> um, but today, the title of this is "Medical Fraud, Vaccines, Transhumanism Agenda." Right. Okay. Now, well, now it, interestingly enough, okay, so. I wanted to hear more from her, and uh, I but I hadn't really searched for it when it came when this came up on a link, so I I recorded it. But then while I while I was doing all this, I I found another link to a, another interview that she did, you know, within days of this one, with uh, David not David Ike, um, Alex Jones, Infowars. So right. I, I figured this guy would be more to our liking. <laughs> I, I just am using this. Okay. I mean, I didn't know what, what he would say because sometimes, well, I don't much listen to Jones. I just, he, he, you know, he's got that. <laughs> to yeah, he can be a little uh, abrasive. Right. Yeah. So, um, and I have not actually listened to it. I didn't have the time to sit down. It's, it's 47 minutes. So, and plus the fact that I just like, sitting here and really concentrating on it with you to be able to talk about it. So it's going to be a good one, I think. Okay. Well, so here we roll with it, folks. And uh, how long a piece is this? It's 47 um, 47 minutes. So I'll play a little bit of of a tune to break, and then we'll come back. All right. Sounds good. So here is um, Dr. Surpreet Singh and Dr. Kerry. Uh, discussing medical fraud, vaccinations, and the transhumanist agenda. Okay, this is a bit shoot uh, a video, and I'm just going to spell this guy's name K A M A L P R E E T S I N G H. And it's an interview with Dr. Kerry Madej. M-A-D-E-J on medical fraud, vaccines, and the transhumanism agenda. This is a mirrored, I don't know where the original is, that this is a mirror on BitChute Full Disclosure Portal. And the date is April 24th, 2021. Here we go. Welcome to the show, everyone. Today's show is going to be a very important one because we have to talk about the vaccinations. And to join us today, we have a very special guest from United States of America, 
none other than Dr. Kerry Mede. Welcome to the show, ma'am. Thank you for having me. So, so we're going to talk, talk, talk about the vaccination. So before we start talking about the vaccinations, first we need to give a base to our audience, like what this coronavirus pandemic is all about. So before, before we start, can you please explain, uh, uh, introduce yourself to the audience so that we can move forward? Uh, yes, I am an internal medicine doctor. I graduated medical school in 2001 in Kansas City, Missouri, and I ended up owning two of my clinics, being medical director and being a teacher for medical students for eight years. I've researched a lot about vaccines for over 20 years, and I have also attended business and scientific meetings where they talked about the future of humanity around the world. And um, when I saw that those technologies in those meetings that they were talking about were being used in these new vaccines for COVID-19, I decided to warn everybody around the world because I, I fear that these are crimes against humanity. Right, right. Thank you so much for your work, doctor. And now we ask you a question, which is about the coronavirus. Is it a real medical pandemic or what are your views about it? No, by any definition, we do not have a pandemic. Um, if you look at the death rate of anything, of all-cause mortality around the world, it stayed about the same. We don't have an increase of deaths from this at all. So this is about the same as any other flu season. It's really the media that has scared everybody. It's the media that has pushed this and also with different world leaders around the world. They, they're pushing this agenda. They're pushing the fear and the panic. Right. Right, Doctor, you said that there is no increase in overall mortality. But if we look at the death rates of COVID-19, especially in the United States of America, it is rising too fast mm -hmm. and it's quite a lot. So what do you think? Why the death rate of COVID-19 is so mm -hmm. high? Oh, well, that's easy. If you know anything about statistics, you can really manipulate that. Um, what they're doing is they're counting anything that looks like the flu because, the, you know, the COVID-19 is the flu in essence. Anything that looks like the flu is counted as COVID-19. Even if you don't have a positive test, you can have a car accident. You're still killed of COVID-19. It's unbelievable. So you can just die with it, and it's considered a cause. Um, also, we know that the testing mechanisms are terrible. We're using something called a PCR test. It was never intended to, use, to be used for diagnosis, but we're using it inappropriately for this. And we know that when we use this kind of a test, we will get many false positives, sometimes twice as many. They know this, but this is just to justify and amplify the number of cases so that they can push the other agendas that are really the main. It's not about a virus. I hope people can see that by now. It's a bigger worldwide agenda. It's about the Great Reset, bringing in the New World Order, and that's really what we need to face about what's going on right now. Right. So, Doctor, here you mentioned about manipulating statistics or the doctors using death certificates to manipulate the cases. Mm -hmm. So here, uh, what we need to understand that you also mentioned about the new world order in the Great Reset. Why would the doctors uh, give COVID-19 as a cause of death in the certificates, and how is it related to the new world order? Well, they're being paid a lot more money. If you just simply put the diagnosis of COVID-19, you can get almost $2,000 more per patient. That's a lot of money. 
if somebody is admitted to the intensive care unit and then put on a ventilator, they can get between $13,000 and $16,000 more just for that one per person. And then there's other services that are piled up. So the money that they make is quite a lot more money. The other thing is, and I know this from my colleagues who still practice in hospitals, they're being pressured to put the diagnosis on there. Um, sometimes they fear that they might lose their job if they don't put that diagnosis on there. So there's a lot of different pressures. There's monetary incentive. And so that's why you're seeing that happen. All right. So here we are clear about it. Audience, so there is monetary incentive and there is peer pressure that you can lose your jobs. And so this, um, even if you would see, um, like World Doctor Alliance, if we see Dr. Carrie Mede and we try to look up her in YouTube or we search about her in Google, you say they, they, uh, they have been fact-checking her and removing all the videos and we have been facing medical censorship. So why this medical censorship is being there? Why don't we see open debates? What do you think mm -hmm. about it? Well, we have not had freedom of speech in medicine for decades. Um, I can tell you that we absolutely know in science and medicine the cures for many things. I have been a part of research where we found the cures for things. For instance, um, Pfizer, everybody knows that drug company, they actually found out, they were working with a scientist who found out the cause of why people get blockages in their arteries and have heart attacks. Well, the cause actually comes from dental bacteria, believe it or not, that they, the bacteria goes and travels and goes into the artery and into the wall of the artery. Well, then it weakens the wall so that your body's smart and it knows that it doesn't want the artery to burst open and bleed, so it puts cement around there, which is called plaque. When they found that out, they said, hmm, I wonder if our antibiotic, uh, azithromycin, will work for it. So they did a study. We were part of it. And at first, the study was doing great. All these people's blockages were shrinking, and that's what we thought. And then all of a sudden, they stopped the study. They told us not to do it anymore. And we asked the researcher why, and he said, well, because it was working too well. The blockages were just disappearing. There were no more blockages. That means the person didn't have the disease anymore. And he said, nobody can know that. What are we going to do for a living? All of my colleagues, all the other doctors said, we can't tell anybody about this. I, I and other people were threatened. They said, don't tell anybody about this. If you do, you'll never work again because we can't let anyone know this. What will we do for a living? How do we make money? That's literally what my colleagues said. That's just one of many things we know how to cure people with. So it's, it's really for money. <laughs> we're all a dollar sign. It's about making people sick and maintaining them sick for the dollar. And that's right. just a sad state of affairs. Right. So if we follow the money trial, we come to understand that how, how, how it is linked to the death certificates and how this is rising in cases. So, Doctor, yeah. just a quick question. Uh, is the rising cases means rising sick patients or does it mean something else? Uh, yeah, it just means positive tests. And what is a positive test, right? Um, you know, there's different kinds of tests we're giving out. Oh, we also know many of the tests were contaminated meaning they already had the COVID-19 positive in them, two batches from our own country in the, the Center for Disease Control. How did that happen? They were already positive. How many other batches are like that? There's a lot of fraud and uh, mismanagement going on. So just because you have it doesn't mean, or positive, it doesn't mean you really have it. We don't have confirmatory testing to say if you really have it or not. These are just screening measures that were never used to be really diagnostic measures. 
Right, right. So FDA has given this PCR test an emergency authorization. It's not approved. And even the inventor, Dr. Carrie Miller, said that this is not for diagnosis. And the manufacturer also writes on the kit that this is for research only and not for diagnosis. But so surprisingly, the world is using this as a gold standard test. So um, before, so when we talk about the root of, root of this problem, like why, why this is happening all around the world, then we talk about the great reset and the new world order. But we will come to that after that. But first, let's talk about the vaccination because that's the point of focus right now. So what vaccines are all about? So what's the theory behind the vaccines and what are the ingredients? Uh, well, a normal vaccine, you would actually take the actual virus, it's dead or alive, put some toxins in with it and a syringe and inject it into the person. The idea is that your body would see the weakened version of the virus but get knowledge about how to fight it in the future without hurting you too much. That's the idea. Well, this time, believe it or not, we don't have the actual virus organism on file that's making people sick. They were never able to isolate the whole virus in its entirety. So what they were able to do is get pieces of genetic material in sick patients, and they only had pieces. So they said, well, this looks like what's making people sick. And then they had a computer program fill in the missing blanks. And so then they got the entire code or the genetic code. And then they had a group of scientists that looked at it and said, yeah, that looks right. We'll use that. They literally came up with a code by using some assumptions that this code made by a computer and pieces from a sick patient was what was making people sick. So this oh. is the first time... <laughs> This is the first time in history we've ever done anything like that. So this is called recombinant DNA, recombinant code. Recombinant means we're taking pieces together and pushing them together. And synthetic gene synthesis, meaning we are doing something that's not from nature because we're using a computer code. This has never happened in the history of humanity, and we're doing a grand experiment on everybody. So now we have this code that we don't really know is the thing that's making people sick. But we're putting the code inside of our bodies, and our bodies are smart. So the body knows it's not from nature. It attacks it and destroys it like it should. So then they had to come up with another way to keep this, this synthetic code inside your body. And so they came up with some nanotechnology, which is called a nanolipid particle. So they take this, this nanolipid particle, they put it around the code, and then they inject it into the body. Now, the, this code, I'm sorry, the, the particle, the, the lipid layer, will fool the body, trick the body, allow the code into the cell. The cell reads it, and then, and then will actually start making that code. The code is supposed to be part of the spike protein of the virus. So your body will literally be making part of the virus and spitting it out. How long? We don't know. There's no off button. It's also using mechanisms to bypass and change how your immune system works. This is dangerous. Our bodies are pretty miraculous and very intricate, and one thing can be just disastrous. So we're changing the way how the immune system works, and there's no off button. They have done animal studies on this exact, this exact vaccine, with this exact virus, by the way, so it's not a new virus, in the last 20 years. And all the animal studies failed because they were changing how the immune system worked. So when the animal saw the virus in the future, the body didn't react normally. It went haywire. It, it had a, an exaggerated response. And so the body started to attack its 
itself. It, uh, the lungs were attacked, more fluid. The liver was attacked, more liver failure, and many animals died. So it was a failure because they were manipulating the way our body's immune system works. So do you think it's going to be different this time? I don't think so. That's correct. That's correct. After you talked about the animal studies and all the animals were affected, so here I would like to tell you the audience that please screen record this because in case this is pulled off YouTube, then we have it with you. Also, I wanted to tell you that please share this message to everyone so that they can watch this live and get uh, the clue about what the vaccines are all about because we are going to focus on the vaccines right now. So, Doctor, you mentioned about the animal studies. The animals were adversely affected. Now, if we talk about the humans, have they done enough safety testing of this vaccine on human subjects? No, not even close. We're supposed to do 10 to 15 years of studies before we approve anything like this. We're doing it, and well, they started doing it in less than one year. And one of the companies, Moderna, bragged they were able to make the code in two days. Two days. How in the world can you prove that is safe or effective? You cannot. We need long-term studies. We need to ensure that these kind of genetic codes, because now we're dealing with our genes, our genome, that it we have to prove that it doesn't, uh, it's not there long-term or taken up permanently because that's a big deal. They're telling us, don't worry, it won't be permanent. Well, first of all, they don't know that. None of the studies will be done to the end of 2022. And if it is taken up permanently, everybody in the world needs to know this. By law, if anything becomes synthetic inside of our genes or genome, by law, anybody who owns the patent on that synthetic gene will then own part or all of you. And this is horrific to know. I, I am just, I, I'm speechless knowing that any court has approved that any human can be owned for any reason. So I believe this is why the drug manufacturers are being so strong and adamant by saying there's no way that this is permanent. They don't want you to know that it could be permanent because if it is, wow, no human should be owned. Um, just know that we do know we use the same kind of mechanism in doing uh, or creating genetically modified organisms like the, the plants and the vegetables. And you know this very well, Monsanto. Their, their, their plants are not fertile. They don't make their own seeds. They're not very healthy plants. They get infections quite a bit. They don't have many nutrients. Well, you can extrapolate that to humans. If we become genetically modified, we know we will likely be sterile, meaning not. We won't reproduce. We won't be as healthy. Uh, we won't live as long. Any kind of animal that's, that's genetically modified, that's what happens. And anything that's genetically modified can be owned. This is really important to know that. Right. So uh, by the talk till now, what I'm able to sum up is that the virus that are we trying to fight has not yet been purified and isolated. And that's what you are trying to combat. And we are trying to diagnose it with a kit which is not based on diagnosis. And then we are giving it a drug therapy which is not approved, which is not having enough safety testing and is not proven to be safe and effective. However, if we see on Google or we see on YouTube or media houses or politicians or medical doctors even, they all are saying that this is safe and effective. You all must take the vaccine because it's not just about yourself. It's about protecting others. So how does the vaccine, if you take a vaccine, if you don't take a vaccine, how do you affect others? What's the theory behind this? Oh, well, this is very important to know. In the drug manufacturers, their own studies, their endpoints, the only thing they're looking for their vaccine to do is 
prevents you from having one positive PCR test and one symptom. So it doesn't prevent being contagious or transmitting the disease. Remember, you can still be contagious and you can still get the disease. A hundred percent. They admit that. So it doesn't protect you from getting the disease. It might make you have less symptoms, but you can still get sick. You can still die. You can still go to the hospital. And even Pfizer said, we think maybe it would only last two months after the second shot. Two months. You're taking all of these risks for only partial immunity for two months. And you don't even know that because your studies haven't been completed yet. This is, this is insanity. So, and now we know for a fact, a lot of people have gotten the shot and we know that they get sick afterward and they're testing positive. I mean, and we don't know if they're going to have another strain. What kind of thing are they doing in their body? We know that one of the, the main uh, manufacturers or the, the, the scientists came forward and he admitted that he was worried because we were manipulating how the immune system worked and he was worried we would be making worse strains, that the people that got vaccinated would be actually the ones that are dangerous to others. These are theories. You have to know that we're doing something brand new to the humanity, never been done before, more than one technology. So there's an unknown that is so grand. And we should not be experimenting on people's lives because if you accept this injection, you're accepting to be in a stage four research project. So every doctor or nurse should tell you that you are part of a research experiment. And we have human rights. So we should know our human rights, which is we do not accept to be experiment. You should never be forced into this vaccine for experimentation. And it really, truly is. So um, we need to know that. And, and we have so much data on what this code has. It's a mishmash of different things. We know there's HIV-1, 18 subunits of HIV-1 in the vaccine. We know that people are testing positive for HIV-1 after they receive the vaccine. They tell us, don't worry, it's not a big deal, it's a false positive. How do they know? We don't know that. They know there's a lot of human, uh, there's a lot of human code inside this, this, uh, this, uh, this vaccine. Meaning, your body learns to attack anything in the code. Well, if there's parts of human tissue in there, like part of our placenta, it's analogous to part of our chromosome 8, which is important, our intelligence and fertility. Your body will learn to attack chromosome 8. It will learn to attack your placenta. This is unbelievable. We know that the rates of infertility will likely be high from these kinds of vaccines. We know autoimmune reactions will likely be high. We also know the rate of mutations will go up. That means cancers will go up and all different things. This is just unbelievable that they are able to do this kind of experimentation when the death rate is about the same as any other year. Right. So the overall depth has remained the same, but we are doing such a huge experiment on the humanity. So, Doctor, uh, when your first video came out, we were all, uh, we watched it very, um, there was that, that important um, concepts. Some of the concepts were not easily understood by the layman. Mm -hmm. So I would like to ask those concepts like, um, what exactly is transfection and how mm -hmm. does it affect us? Well, transfection is the way that people make genetically modified organisms, okay? So um, pretty much what you're doing is you have to understand everything has a code, which is called a genome, and it's like a language. You can read it. You can actually translate it even into a binary code like a computer. We can do that. And so you can read it like a sent like sentences. 
And so what they're doing is they're taking out maybe a word, let's say, and we know we have a technology called CRISPR. So we know we can go into your body through different mechanisms, different ways, and we can cut out like one word or maybe one sentence and then put in another word, uh, just transpose it. And so then it has a different meaning, another effect. And so we can do that quite easily. And that's genetic modification. And so that's, a, it comes under a big word called transfection. So when we do that, it could be temporary or permanent, depending on how, what mechanism they're using. So this is the same technology in these new vaccines. They use a process called transfection. They're telling us it's only a temporary form, but we know that's, that's in a Petri dish. That's in a lab that it's temporary. The problem is, so they're being correct in that. They're being sneaky, though, because they're not telling you what our bodies can do. Our human bodies are very complex and complicated, and we have different things in them. We have enzymes called reverse transcriptase enzymes. So inside the body, even though in the lab it's temporary, when you do the same process inside of us, well, now our enzymes that we naturally have will take that and take it and go backwards, reverse it, go up into our nucleus where it can be integrated into our genome. And actually, there is research to prove that it can become permanent in a human now. We know that because of our inherent enzymes. So you have to understand, these scientists know that. They just were manipulating their words, trying to not let all of us know that. This is very unethical. You know, our science went to a very dark side with manipulation and dishonesty. And we need to bring that back. So um, this is a very serious thing that we're facing right now. Right. So this looks very scary to me. And uh, if we talk about the hydrogel and luciferase, those, those were two important questions that I wanted to know. What's hydrogel, how it affects us, and what mm -hmm. is luciferase all about? So let me start with luciferase. Luciferase is a name that is given to a bioluminous luminescent crystal. They have two that they use, neon green and luciferase. So these are, these are smaller than a cell and they can be injected into the body. They've used these in producing the vaccines. Whether or not they still exist inside the vaccines, we don't know. But anyway, when they're using these, they, they go inside the body and they prove whether or not you've been transfected. So if you, if the vaccine works, this, this little tiny crystal will be within the cells that are transfected, okay, or genetically modified. So the idea is you could take a special um, application on, let's say, your iPhone and wave it over the person. You couldn't visibly see it, but the phone application could pick it up and say, yep, this person's been transfected or they've been vaccinated. And that's what they propose to use on us eventually. Um, they also propose to use that to prove not just we've been vaccinated, but give us a digital ID or tattoo to give you a number, me a number, everybody a number, so that we are individually um, known to get any computer system, any smart device, because they want us to have a digital ID so that we are part of the Internet of everything. So the idea is to give us a barcode like a product in the store that everywhere we go, we wouldn't need a wallet, no cards, nothing like that. Our body is our commodity, and that we would be connected just like your cell phone's connected to anything around it. Your body would be connected automatically to any smart device, to anything in the 5G cloud, everything. 
this sounds like it's convenient, but think about that. Do you think that everybody is in your best interest? It's about really knowing anything about you, where you are, you know, what you're thinking. Do you know they know what you're thinking too? If you're, if you're sleeping, if you're brushing your teeth, what kind of medicines are in your body? If you're drinking alcohol, anything in the world, they know, they know if you're lying. They have a polygraph, a, a lie detector test they can do. So those are bioluminescent crest crystals, but they're also put in with something called hydrogel. Hydrogel is that, that technology that takes and envelopes the mRNA, the genetic code I was talking about before. But see, it has many different functions. It's not just to deliver the drug. It also has biosensors in there. So the biosensors are gathering the data, all the things I told you about. Things that are nice, like your blood sugar and your blood pressure, but then also more intimate details like your thoughts, which is very dangerous. Who gets to know that? Because it's going to always gather the data. Where does it go? You know, they're telling us they have proposals that they would like it to go to the 5G cloud. And then a computer can analyze it. And then for the betterment of humanity, it would adjust and, and give us cryptocurrency or social credit based on if we're a good human or a bad human. And who's to say you're a good human? Because they know your thoughts. And to them, they, they said if they thought you were lying, like you said you were in one area, but you're really in another, just a white lie, nothing big. Well, that's a lie. And if you did that too many times, well, you don't get to eat good food. You don't get to go to school. You don't get to have a house you wanted. I mean, who are they to say that to us? So I know it sounds very extreme. However, that, you know, Bill Gates and Microsoft put out a patent to do this to all humans. And the plan is to do this to all of us around the world by the year 2030. And I happen to know this is true because I went to business meetings here in the United States, business owners meetings, where they talked about doing this here in Atlanta, Georgia. We would be a pilot city. They plan to launch this last year. They're behind. So they really want to do this quickly. And so they're one of 12 cities that, that would start here. And they said that they didn't need the approval from, from any of us, that they would just launch it. All the software is already in these phones, these smart devices. Their missing link is to get that hydrogel, that nanolipid particle, those biosensors. That's all the same. Those three names are the same thing. Um, they're just different names. To get once it's inside of us, then they can turn it on, and voila! How long does it last? We don't know. But instantly, you lose your privacy, you lose your freedom, you lose your independence. So this is this is what scares me. I believe, in my opinion, this virus was created to push the agenda of these vaccines because inside the vaccines is a way to control humanity very quickly. Right. So, Doctor, uh, from what you have told us by now, what, what, what it looks like, it, it's not about the virus. It's about control. So they want to control us, take our freedoms, and um, make a total, totalitarian control over the humanity. So they want the power to be limited in the hands of the few, and the rest should become their slaves. And uh, so, so in this agenda, how does the vaccination help them? By making us weak and uh, also there's a concern about the infertility in the vaccine. So does it cause depopulation and is there a mechanism to depopulate in that? Absolutely. Well, we know for sure that there are two, two main ways that the, these vaccines can cause infertility. A, it's attacking 
chromosome 8, which is part of our fertility. Number two, there's a protein called syncytin that the, the, there's a code in the vaccine. Well, that syncytin happens to be on our woman's placenta and a man's sperm. So that means your body can learn to attack the placenta and sperm. And so with those two together, we know that the rate of infertility will likely be very high. So that's a really quick way in the next generation to depopulate. Um, the other thing is that in the chromosome 8, that's our intelligence. So possibility, it could affect our intelligence negatively. You know, that would make people more docile and, and you know, not, not think very much, right? That It doesn't mean it will work. This is a potential. So those are ways that it can manipulate. The other thing is, what if they were able to get this synthetic part taken up into our genome? By law, overnight, entities would own us, like a Bill and Melinda Gates, Microsoft, or Department of Defense, or a country, let's say. And then they would have the right to do whatever they want because we're just an animal, right? We're like a cow. We're nothing. We're like a product in the store. This is their idea. Doesn't mean they're going to get away with it. And then also with this nanotechnology, now that's a way to know everything about you, what you're doing. And they also said that they would like to use it for predictive policing. I don't know if you've ever seen a movie with Tom Cruise called Minority Report, but in that movie, it was about they were able in the future, they were able to know your thoughts. So maybe you were angry one day, you're in traffic and there's so many cars and you're just thinking, oh, I wish these people would go away. Maybe I want to you know, run into somebody. You would never do it. You just think these things and you pass it off and you're a human and you know better not to do it. Well, the thing is you had the thought and the thought police, the computer picks it up and it stops you or maybe sends some people out to you because now you've had an angry thought. Well, we're human. We think these things, but then we have the ability to have a conscience and not do it. But in this, in Bill and Melinda Gates, this Microsoft Corporation has proposed to use it for predictive policing. I mean, think about that you're not allowed to think anything privately in your head anymore. That's not being human. You don't have the right to think your own thoughts anymore. You have to understand the, the intent behind these people. And, and let me tell you another scientific meeting I went to so you can understand better. One of the main doctors behind this, one of the main researcher scientists, his name is Dr. Craig Venter. And in the beginning, he said, what is God? God creates. Now we can create. Now we are God. That should tell you a lot. So they believe they, they, not us, can be gods and they can control the little people around the world. And in this meeting, he talked about patenting and owning humans. He also said if they were able to own humans, they were putting their names, writing their names inside of the genome, branding us. So this is, this is very concerning that this is what they would like to do. So we, we are humans. We have human rights and we should speak up for our human rights. And know that something happened in medicine for the last 10 years where the light, the goodness of humanity for men in medicine went away and the darkness came in. There's an imbalance in our medicine. So it's up to us, the masses of people, to speak up for what is right, for our human rights, and protect them. We should not blindly be giving our trust 
over to what is happening right now because it's not the same world it was even 20 years ago. Right. So what I can make out is first they started with like two weeks to flatten the curve. They asked mm-hmm. us to put on masks. Then they started with contact tracing. Then they asked to shut down businesses. Now we are arrested in our houses. And eventually we are taking the vaccine. So this is not, this was never about just the mask, just the virus, just the businesses, just the lockdowns. It's going to be a perpetual state of slavery that they are trying to impose on humanity. As Dr. Madet told us that they are trying to put the hydrogel and nanotechnology in us and eventually control us through making all of us a product and which will be privately owned without our freedom. So, uh, so if you see um, the past one year, what happened was we were locked down into our own houses, something which would never, we would never accept, giving, scaring us with a virus. They made us sit in our own homes, arrested in our own homes. We cannot visit our family. We cannot go on holidays. So you see our partial freedom to travel has been taken off. Similarly, our freedom to breathe. We cannot breathe in fresh air. They're asking us to wear the mask. So our freedom is taken over there also. And eventually, we are going to lose more and more freedoms until and unless we stop complying with what they are saying. So we need to do united non-compliance. As Dr. Maday said, we need to educate ourselves about the human rights, about our freedoms, and so, Doctor, here I would like to ask you one question that everyone asks us, that if they, for example, um, just like they made the mask mandatory, earlier it was not mandatory. So if they make the vaccines mandatory or if they want, uh, through corporations, they push this agenda that all those who work with us should have the vaccines, in that case, is it possible? And if it's, if it's possible, then how do we escape this? Well, they're trying to avoid any we have international laws that protect everybody in the world and that was from world war ii called the nuremberg treaty or the nuremberg code and in that it said no human should be forced into an experiment which that would that's what's happening right now these are experiments and they're trying to force us into that we should be protected above and beyond anything that's going on well what they've done is they said it's an emergency when it's not an emergency they're lying so under the emergency acts of in any country around the world, they're saying, well, because it's an emergency, we don't need to go by that. And that's a lie. You know, they're banking on all of us not knowing what our human rights are and what the international rights are and your individual countries, your constitutional rights or your bill of rights. They're hoping that none of us will know that. So even here in the United States, there's businesses pushing that, and there's a whole legal document that was written by lawyers, very well written, and I've given that to people to hand to their these business owners, and they read it, and you know, every time so far, it's worked, because they, they themselves didn't even know what the rights of the people were. So, you know, part of it is just education, <laughs> you know, you've got to educate each other, and I'm happy to provide you with documents that includes the international rights that we all have because everybody in every country should know that. Now, I'm not saying that there's there's not going to be very tyrannical governments that try to impose it even more, but at least this can start the process of the education. And then above and beyond, all of us should be meeting together in each other's homes once a week, period. And, you know, do what they t- do what they tell you not to do. They tell you not to hug. They tell you not to talk to each other. They tell you not you always have to wear the mask. So take the mask off. That's how we connect. It's dehumanizing when you put it on. Cook together. Pray together. Talk about what's going on together. Meet together in closeness because humans we have a lot of power when we're together. 
And, you know, when things get really bad in our world, we have this amazing energy inside of us that when we tap into that heart energy, that love energy, it makes us unstoppable. Look throughout the history of time. And I wish it didn't take such tragic things for that to light up, but start remembering who you are. Start connecting. Start, that's our strength and that's our power. And that's what these little few people that are pushing the buttons are afraid of. They're afraid of us knowing that and remembering that. And just know that human beings, we are electrical beings too. It's measurable. So they've done studies, good studies, and they show that in a human being, our heart, this organ is so powerful, the most powerful organ in our body. And that in an average human, this energy that they measure from the heart, the electrical and magnetic energy goes out six feet from our body. And in some powerful people, powerful humans that are very in tune with this heart energy, it goes out miles. That's unbelievable and, and amazing, right? And that energy, you know, we know that 5G is a very bad energy, right? It's negative. Well, we have good energy. This is a good energy. And it beats out all the negative energy. So there is something with frequency and energy. And so I, I believe that people in power are afraid of us knowing how powerful our bodies are. And they don't want us to come together to figure that out. So you always have an ability to overcome this. Never think that you don't. You don't have to have money. You don't have to have that kind of nanotechnology knowledge. You don't need that. We have something more powerful. Right. Very important points. Very good points, especially if you talk about spirituality and religion that and uh, meditation, that we have electrical energies inside us. We have the pineal mm -hmm. gland. We have the ability to connect with the divine force, the higher force, and higher consciousness. And that is mm -hmm. what I feel is they are trying to destroy. And yes. if we see all the things that's happening around the world is an agenda to beat that. If they're they adding fluorine in the waters, chemicals in the airs, Wi-Fi and electromagnetic uh, frequencies everywhere. So this is an attempt to attack that. So here I would like to ask one question. How is the vaccine going to impact us if we talk, to, uh, talk from the point of religion and spirituality? And especially VMAT2 genes. There was a mm -hmm. meeting at the Pentagon, the video that was released. It talked about specifically about eliminating the relig religious fundamentalism in, from people. So VMAT2 gene, what exactly it is about? Well, we have known that we can monitor and tag certain genes that because, you know, okay, let me go back. Emotions and thoughts, those sort of things are actually physical in our body. You can map them out. They were able to take people in a deep meditative state, people that were very powerful prayers, people that were very spiritual that they knew in their community and analyze them and study them and, and do brain scans. And they were able to find the gene that they all connected them that was overactive, right? And that's called the VMAT gene. So people that had a very active VMAT gene were very spiritual people, that they were the ones that could affect people over distances with just prayer or meditation or the yogis in a deep meditative state. So they, they um, found that gene. So they, they said they could use it in a military sense. What if we knocked out that gene? What if we stopped that connection, that spiritual connection, then probably – we could overcome people easier because they just didn't have a connection with something, a higher power. So they were talking about using this against other countries. So do you not think that they could use this now to control people around the world? And I would, again, I go back to Dr. Craig Venter. He's one of those scientists that actually looked into all of these genes. He's one of the scientists that tried to patent that, and he couldn't patent it because it's natural. 
So that's when he went ahead and he, he made sure that you can patent something synthetic inside of a human. And remember, he is an atheist. You can look up his bio. He doesn't believe in God, but he believes he can be a God. So this is who's in charge of these scientific breakthroughs. He's, he's spearheading what's happening around the world with these vaccines. Know his intent. Know that he doesn't believe in, in, a, in a higher power inside of us, but he believes he can manipulate that inside of us. That's very important to know. Um, they are attacking the beautiful thing, the beautiful light that's inside of us. We are eternal beings. We have a soul. We have a light inside of us. It's actually measurable by science. It's proven. And they're trying to take that away from us. They're trying to control that, that inside of us. And then they think we can live forever, but in a terrible way. They believe that if they upload our memories into into a computer, then they can download our memories into a digital form of us or a clone form of us. They talk about these things. That is not living. I know we are eternal, but not in that way. I don't want their way. I want the way that's always been there. I want that, that light, that eternal soul that's mine. I'm a sovereign soul. You're a sovereign soul. We go on. We don't need them. And they don't have the right over our spirituality, our soul, our light. Right. Um, so, uh, so doctor, uh, these are important points, especially if we are connected to the spiritual world. So we need to understand that this is a big agenda, and they're trying to attack us from all ends. So, um, so part of the equation is that they're trying to do this for money and also for control. So, and they think that they can live forever and control us, but this this is not going to work. So, of course, they don't understand this thing. And uh, so, just uh, if we talk about the evidence, how how they are earning through this and how they are trying to get the profits out of this agenda, can you tell us? Because you mentioned about Bill Gates. So, how does he actually profit from this, and how does he control things? Well, first of all, if they're able to patent humans, they can make money off of us that way, right? Um, but so just the, the, able, the ability to control us from the nanotechnology part to, to do the surveillance. If you look on a patent called 2020-060606, that is, includes almost every country around the world, you'll see a diagram, and they will explain it. There is a person there, and the person has the biosensors inside of them, which would be given to us through the vaccine. <clears throat> the biosensors would be monitoring everything about us, and sending it to our phone. Once it's in the phone, it's going to send it to the 5G cloud. In the cloud, it's accumulating the data and it goes to a central computer and that computer, a supercomputer, and that would analyze all, everything that's going on. It would determine or not based on the biometric data how much cryptocurrency you get, like if you're a good human or a bad human. And then it gives you your reward or maybe it takes cryptocurrency away from you. Immediate, it's a computer. No other human is in that algorithm. A computer then controls what you get, period. It's very dangerous, right? So that is proposed to be being used. And they propose, they're actually doing this right now. They're testing it out in Africa with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the MasterCard, the Credit Card Foundation. They're doing it to test subjects right now. So it's not in the far future. Once they perfect it there, they plan to launch it, obviously, everywhere else in the world. And if you look at the world leaders, they all say by 2030, they would like us to be part of the Internet of Everything, which is part of that cryptocurrency, 
We've got nine more years to go on their timeline. But just know that just because they plan it doesn't mean they'll get away with it. You know, with knowledge is power and the truth will set us free. And believe me that I know these people in power are very fearful for of us knowing this and uniting and coming together. And that's why they're pushing this agenda so fast right now. And this is why they're hitting us so hard right now with all of this. And just know that our bodies are amazing. If we were just biological entities, yeah, I guess game over, but we're not. We are spiritual entities and we overcome things that we cannot explain by science. And that is amazing and beautiful because of that spirit inside of us. And know that nothing's ever insurmountable. So just know in our genetic makeup, it's a blueprint for life. Our bodies never forget the way that they're supposed to be. The memory is always there. And so we've seen that just as well as negative frequencies can affect things negatively, positive frequencies can affect it too. And a wonderful studies have been done in Russia where they take genetically modified plants, their, their genomes have been corrupted. They put a pyramidal structure, just tubular, um, and it's got the exact dimensions of the Pyramid of Giza. And within two life cycles of putting it over that ground, the plant's genome changed back to the wild type, the original genome. They remembered what they were supposed to be. Is that not beautiful? That's, that's great. That's amazing. So. So that was a very important and informative interview, Dr. Carey. Thank you so much for joining us. So just uh, last final comments to our audience. So how should, should be they uh, fighting this criminal agenda that's being imposed on humanity? What we can do at individual levels and how can we fight this and get out of this? Um, again, start meeting with each other in each other's homes at least once a week. And you start sharing this information. You tell people. You you. You open their eyes, yeah? You light that fire in their hearts. And you tell them about our human rights, about that Nuremberg Code. You tell them about what's in these vaccines. You tell them, look up what these people, what they stand for, what Bill and Melinda Gates stand for. You tell them what this Dr. Craig Venter stands for. You, you educate them. And you know, the answers will come once we have the true knowledge and the truth. Again, the truth will set us free. So all you have to do, you don't have to worry about the big picture. Start doing those little, I call it baby steps, meeting with each other once a week, period, and going over what our rights are, what's really happening with these. And I guarantee that will be the answer. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Carey's audience. This was Dr. Carey, so much information, so much knowledge, so much sweetness in her. So we hope that doctor joins us again in the future and educate the community. Thank you so much, Dr. Kelly Mede. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. So hey uh, we thought 5G was bad. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs>
Yeah, I want to say first right away, um, I mispronounced the gentleman's name. Uh, that was Kamal Preet Singh, who was interviewing um, Dr. Kerry Mandej, uh, which we just listened to, Kamal Preet Singh. And I thought he was an excellent interviewer. You know, he, he kept the information um, organized that she was sharing, focused on, you know, the essential points and kept bringing them home and exploring where it needed to go. And she's right there. I mean, that, you know, this is one of those interviews that I think for all of you who listen, share it, record it, you know, have it have it on your your smartphone, you know, and your laptop, be able to share it, you know, in a place where it can't be censored or deleted because the solution, as as she was saying, is to to meet, to share, to to talk with each other in the same room, breathing the same air, you know, hug, smile, <laughs> to reach out, touch someone, share this information, and share, you know, what our rights are, our human rights under international law that actually is binding and enforceable on all UN member nations. It's not just the Nuremberg Code. It's also the United Nations Universal Declaration of Human Rights, which Eleanor Roosevelt helped to uh, promulgate and and enact back in uh, 1948. So this is, you know, this is simultaneously, as we find a lot these days, incredibly bleak and really hopeful because the point she makes at the end is the one I want us all, you know, to, to carry in our hearts, which is that, yeah, if we were just biological beings, game over, they've won. But we are spiritual beings, and spirit always wins in the end. If we own that reality, if we, you know, claim our sovereignty and and share this knowledge and share the incredible power of the human heart, you know, on a scientific level that's been demonstrated in terms of the, the magnetism and the influence and the power um, that measurably emanates from the human heart when, you know, when we come together and, and focus on, on the good. So, so yeah, this was, this was uh, super bleak, but at the same time, you know, it's clear. It's like, okay, this is what we're fighting. This is what we're up against. Here it is laid out in, you know, straight scientific provable facts by someone with decades of experience. Here's what we're dealing with. Face up to it, folks. And when I think about sharing this with people I know, you know, who on Facebook, you know, they'll post something like, you know, the big smiley face, Feel so safe now. Got my second shot, you know, and I don't say anything anymore, you know, <laughs> I'm going, okay, if I happen to run into them, I say, look, just do yourself a favor. Do you have the guts in the interest of, of clarity as a human being to listen to this 45-minute interview with Dr. Kerry Madesh? Do you have the guts, you know, because, hey, if you're right, you got nothing to be afraid of, right? <clears throat> Um, you know, the vaccine doesn't make you safe. The makers of it don't claim that it does. It doesn't prevent you from getting this thing. It doesn't prevent you from spreading this thing. Uh, you know, and in two months, you could end up dying of this supposed thing. So do you know that, you know? 
And there was there was some uh, clip, um, you know, I love it when somebody will post a clip on Facebook and say, well, here's the final proof for all you conspiracy wackos. And it's a congressional hearing. And some poor congressman is asking the spokesman trotted up there by Big Pharma and goes, congressman says, well, you know, I hear a lot of concern that there's that there's some kind of, you know, tracing device that'll upload your information to the cloud or something like that that's in these viruses. Is there anything like that? So what do you think this spokesman for Big Pharma is going to say? Well, yes, actually, uh, we have inserted nanobots and we do have patents that allow them to upload all your biological information to the cloud. So, yes, that's, you know, well, yeah, that is kind of, of course not. The guy who's got this, you know, the little plaque in front of him saying medical authority, you know, he says, no, there is absolutely no such thing. And the congressman goes, well, I mean, are you sure? Because I hear a lot about this. You know, I hear it from like places. And the guy says again, no, there is no tracing device in any of the vaccines. If it had been Dr. Kerry Madej in the other chair, you know, <laughs> it would have been a very different story. But of course, you're not going to see that on CNN. You're not going to see that shared on Facebook. You're just going to see, you know, the setup of the ignorant Congress person and the totally bought off spokesperson for big pharma anyway what are your thoughts on all this nancy well i'll tell you that the censorship is getting much worse you'd think it it got into its you know i had a link i'm trying to think of what it was it was a link to some show that we were playing you know and I couldn't get it up on Facebook. They ban- They had already banned the station, and it was like BitChute or something. Okay, I couldn't even okay. put a post-it. They stopped it. All right, now this will, you, you're going to have a hard time finding this because they're, they're just going after everybody. They went, um, I, I was over on um, our YouTube station, uh, uh, Beware 5G, uh, yeah. and they have... Uh, deleted at least three of uh, Mark Steele's videos. Oh, they deleted them from our from our five G right, YouTube channel. Right, and I was in a hurry, and I looked, and I said, "Oh crap!" And then, so I didn't go back to see how many others they've taken down. Wow. So it's uh, yeah. You somehow feel like, hey, you know, we slipped under the radar when we posted them. And, you know, people, you know, people go back and look. And if it's up there, you know, it continues to garner views now and then. But you kind of think, hey, well, it's up there. It's on the channel. They didn't delete it at first when we posted it. So, you know, we're good. But apparently um, they're doing retroactive deletions and censorship now. That's what it looks like to me. So, yeah, well, that's yeah. It, it's going to have to be about ending the monopoly of YouTube, you know. Well, and what I what problem. I re- what I recommend is that yeah. um, take okay. Even if you don't take our discussion, okay. In the scheme of things, we're we're not anybody except trying to get the word out there. These are the people that got their heads on the chopping block. Just take just take the time. We've got so many abilities to record it. Record the audio, just like I did. Record the audio. Download it. As a matter of fact, for this particular one, I will put up just just the uh, section, the one hour, the 45 minutes. Download that. 
So that if you meet somebody and they say to you, well, I, I don't know, I'm starting to get nervous. Well, then you send them that through your phone. Get it into yeah. your phone. Just send it to them. Say, please, just listen to this. Because you, if you use a link, you're not sure that link's going to be good. But if, right. you, if you've captured that, this particular... I mean, I've never seen it put... I thought Mark did an excellent job. And Mark Steele, another one. Maybe I should do that for that one, too. I thought he covered it very well. But she's doing it... And, I mean, my God. I, I, I've been looking at this stuff for how long now? And for the first time, I'm like, oh, she's, she's making it real to me. Yeah, you know she gives you she gives you names and then you know the what, what do they call it the hydrogel, and she says the biosensor and she I mean she she broke it all down so simply, and I and, and you know I always say if you really know a subject you don't need to use many words, and boy she must know her subject. Yeah, you know when somebody's talking, and as an interviewer, and having been interviewed a lot, you know I. I begin to understand this pretty well. You can tell, you know, when somebody is talking from a base of knowledge that goes back decades, that it's part of them, you know, that they've internalized all this information that, you know, and, and because of the vibration of integrity that you can also hear in their voice and sincerity. And yeah, we can hear those, you know, as human beings, we have that intuitive ability. Those elements, you know, plus her, excellent presentation skills you know and and just as as a as a human being her heart centeredness you know and marshalling a formidable array of information um this is one of the best it really is and you know i think um it'll be helpful for a lot of people in that you know she stays away from politics I mean, apart from, you know, naming that one doctor who's, you know, the, the atheist, uh, I'm going to turn all humans in commodities guy. Um, you know, she stays away from naming names, from making it about politics. Yes, there is a corrupt elite. Yes, there is an agenda to impose a, you know, universal credit system such as they're implementing in China where, you know, your bank account can disappear. Your ability to get an apartment can disappear. Their ability to monitor where you are, what you're thinking, what you're drinking, what you're eating, you know, who you're having intercourse with, and to have it all instantly analyzed by computer in the cloud, which determines your credit score and whether you're a good human who gets to live in the nice neighborhood and gets to travel or whether, you know, um, their control of cryptocurrency will allow them to essentially you know it's the beast i mean it's it's uh the mark of the beast of being able to buy or sell or not so you know that <laughs> it's like to balance that it is so unbelievably bleak and she kept saying look that's what they're planning it doesn't mean they're going to get away with it it doesn't mean that if enough of us come together as human beings in our hearts with sovereignty reaching out meeting together yes singing together breathing talking hugging you know kissing each other um being human beings hello you know these revolutionary activities Ooh, listen to this michael henry done what he's talking about yeah i'm talking about being in the same room breathing touching talking singing kissing uh that used to be called human life okay yeah so we need to embrace that 
and uh, and spread the information. And, you know, I thought it was so good that she just said, look, do it locally. Everybody start to do this. Meet once a week in person in in your homes and the solution and share these rights, share this information, share this video, this audio and the solutions, you know, and, and know what your rights are, know how to defend them. And it's, you know, think globally and act locally. You know, that's what's going to turn the tide. Well, that right there reminds me of the um, the Hopi prophecy that you we read you read last week. The coming together. Yeah. Do you have that right? You know, close by. I can I can pull it up in a minute here if you give me a minute. While yeah, yeah. Let, let's look at that and um, the Minority Report. Uh, I, that's the Tom Cruise one that she mentioned. That right. concept of being able to do predictive analysis to stop you from committing a crime, and right, you know, you, you, you so I, I was when she was talking, I was thinking about it, but just now I started remembering. I mean, it was like the whole movie just flashed through my head at one time, right? Mm. And what what ended up being the supercomputer? It was three human beings. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Did you not see the movie? Uh, no, I didn't. You know, it's funny about that, um, about the agenda as it's implemented by Hollywood. And, you know, and this has been, I mean, you know, Shadowland, that documentary that exposed all of it, of, of how, you know, the agenda is monitored and implemented and projects are greenlighted and stories are shaped based on whether or not they uh, adhere to this agenda. And whether they, you know, condition us the way that um, that they they want us conditioned. And now I'm a storyteller. I'm a screenwriter. I was a story analyst for CBS Entertainment in the movies and miniseries division. I read hundreds of scripts, you know, and my job was to save the executives the time of reading those scripts because they knew, um, you know, okay, CBS, our demographic is, you know, middle-aged to, to older, and um, we do a lot of Woman in Jeopardy, Disease of the Week scripts, Movie of the Weeks back in those days. You know, we're talking the 90s. Um, and so I knew what the agenda was and what, how I was supposed to evaluate these scripts. So it's the same kind of thing, right, when it comes to Hollywood. But even so, you're pushing an agenda, you, but you get this Tom Cruise movie, right? Minority Report, and they're doing, you know, preventive policing because they're monitoring your thoughts. But in the end, you know, okay, that is implementing the agenda. But human beings need a story about hope, and they need to believe that hope is transformative. So even in a story that is pushing the agenda, ultimately, you know, it comes back around you got to have the good, hopeful ending, even though you're pushing the evil agenda. Okay, and in the end, it turns out that three human beings had the sovereign power within them. Isn't that sweet, kids? Now, of course, we've just conditioned you to understand that this is what's coming and you've got to accept it in terms of this kind of, you know, all pervasive policing. But, you know, it's the <laughs> the story. Well, what, what, what I find you that you can't tell a good story that's going to sell and that's going to have people, you know, boost your TV ratings if you don't have that element of hope. That may that may anyway. be 
That may be true. That may be very, very true. But if you step back and you watch the scenario as it has been unfolding for decades, okay, right now the dark side keeps shooting themselves in the foot. Every time they try to do something, it really kind of like, okay, they ru- tried to rush the 5G. What happened? You, well, you and me and a, you know, thousands of others woke up. So they start this pandemic. Oh, my God, more woke up. Millions now woke up. Well, I'm, I'm suspicious that, you know, yes, it's a good ending, but it's also the way out. It's also indicating that the way out is through humanity. The only way it works is when humanity doesn't step into their own powers. And if they do, there's no fight because we're too powerful to go to war. Yeah, that's it. Now you asked me, Nancy, to to pull up the yes. uh, message from the Hopi Elder, and I've got that. Um, shall I read it here? Oh, please, yes. Just a few. Okay, so uh, this is the Hopi Elder um, not too long ago. Um, counseling us to gather with our tribes, to to find your tribe, for the time of the lone wolf is over. So here is the words of the Hopi Elder. You have been telling the people that this is the 11th hour. Now you must go back and tell the people that this is the hour, and there are things to be considered. Where are you living What are you doing? What are your relationships? Are you in right relation? Where is your water? Know your garden. It is time to speak your truth. Create your community. Be good to each other. And do not look outside yourself for the leader. Then he clasped his hands together, smiled and said, This could be a good time. There is a river flowing now very fast. It is so great and swift that there are those who will be afraid. They will try to hold on to the shore. They will feel they are torn apart and will suffer greatly. Know that the river has its destination. The elders say we must let go of the shore, push off into the middle of the river, keep our eyes open, and our heads above water. And I say, see who is in there with you and celebrate. At this time in history, we are to take nothing personally, least of all ourselves. For the moment that we do, our spiritual growth and journey comes to a halt. The time for the lone wolf is over. Gather yourselves. Banish the word struggle from your attitude and your vocabulary. All that we do now must be done in a sacred manner and in celebration. We are the ones we've been waiting for. From the Hopi Nation in Oribe, Arizona. Thank you. It's more powerful hearing it this week. Because at the end of last week's show, you said, can I read it again? And we were out of time. So, you know, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think she's saying the same thing, you know, get together. You know, right. when, when, when we were 
started out with the 5G and, and the people in Taos came together, you know, and, and began politically more active and more people were getting more active, more websites came up. I mean, it was all happening. But in reality, she's realizing, because she was so sure, you know, sometimes you look at these people, you hear what they're saying, and they are so absolutely pure in their belief that they understand it. And, yeah. you know, coming from a state of love, and she's obviously worked a lot on love. You know, she understands, I think she's a true healer, and she understands the uh, chakra systems and your how, how we all have these layers of energy fields and, you know, what do we do with them? You know, how do we engage with them? And interestingly enough, I'm writing Derek's book, okay, because Derek's been putting out all of this information, but he certainly doesn't have the time to be able to put it into one book. And people have been asking him, are you going to write a book? So anyway, I started writing this book, and it's going to be called, I, I believe, Mist, uh, uh, Metaphysical Perspective. And I was working on the first, well, it's the third chapter, but it was the first chapter where I was really getting into the metaphysical thought that he has, it's not that he's developed it, he's kind of knitted it together because he has so many times that he's talking to people. He does classes, he does interviews, and this sort of thing. So he's bringing this this information together. And as I'm working with it, I began... Because he's all over the place. And, and it, even though you can understand what he's saying when he says it, when you go to put it in print, it's all over the place. So I told him, I said, look, it, you got to let me take the information and then finesse it so that it's it's it you know reads well and he's like oh yeah whatever you need to do you know i mean he just he's just well he trusts me i trust him and so um i start working with this and we've got spirit and soul and higher self and i've started using the word inner self because you know it's not outside us this this energy body is not outside us it is us and all of a sudden i realized that the words we should be using is your metaphysical self. Okay, because that encompasses all of it. It's that entity that we are and exists inside of us and outside of us that is our metaphysical self that has access and knowledge to just whatever. And all we have to do is get in tune with that energy field to be able to essentially ground our metaphysical selves in ourselves. You know, and I think yeah. maybe that's where we're going. And if we're doing this, if 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 if, if that's what's what's happening, then you want to be around the people that that's happening too. You want to be exactly. able to to join together to feed off of each other because we are energy bodies. And the closer you are in like like two frequencies, we talk about this all the time. Resonance. When you've got uh, the if you hit the C on a piano. All the other C strings begin to vibrate. You can't hear it, but you'll see them vibrate. Okay, it's resonance. So the closer you are in energy, the more you begin to, to kind of like work off of each other, bounce off of each other, and get stronger. And so just a small group of your friends, you know. And I mean, all my friends are, they think I'm crazy, totally, because they, have been, they, they drank the Kool-Aid. You know, uh -huh. <laughs> so my friends are you guys, 
the the radio listeners, the people that I work with putting these radio shows out, you know, and we get together, you know, four, five, six times, seven, eight times a week, you know, and and we're not going out and, and doing anything other than talking. But just because we're talking, just because we're having this conversation, it goes into the super consciousness of humanity. So we yeah. have to have the conversations. The only way you can do that in in intensely is small groups get yourself together and it might not be the people you know it might be the people that are your neighbors mm-hmm. you know reach out to yeah. the people around you don't necessarily think that you know your group your family no look around because it's exactly what what he was saying you know is that more and more of us are going to come to the same conclusion you know we've got to find people that are our people and so you're going to be led by your metaphysical selves to meet each other yeah exactly there's that magnetism that that thing that happens where synchronicity pops up chance meetings pop up and you go oh what a fortuitous fortunate accident that was no accident of course you know and what you were saying there nancy about you know how you you hit a the C um, key on a on a piano. All the other you know the the other octaves of of that note vibrate along with it. Uh, not long ago, I happened to catch a YouTube. This guy is analyzing. Said you know the the most famous chord in rock music history, pop music history. Well, it's the opening chord of A Hard Day's Night, The Beatles. Right there's that famous you know. Right? He says, okay, so what is that chord? What is Paul McCartney playing on his bass? What's George playing? What's, you know, is, is John's chord? What's Ringo's? You know, is, and is George Martin, the producer back there uh, on the piano? And so he has the technical equipment and he goes through and he breaks it down. You know, just how can you reproduce that incredibly, you know, compelling, cool opening chord of a hard day's night? And he said, well, the only problem is um, when we get to really specifically isolating each vibration, well, it turns out George Martin was playing, um, you know, a uh, he was playing this particular chord on the piano. It's that oh, you know one downbeat that boom, and it's George Harrison's you know guitar and it's Paul McCartney on the bass and John's doing the you know they all have slightly different chords. But then you've got the technical problem that George Martin hits the piano. You know, with these notes and says, and the problem is every other, you know, wire, every other, you know, in in that piano is now vibrating through, you know, that vibrational resonance. And so that's part of what creates the incredible, compelling magnetism of that chord. And we can't isolate it. This is kind of what we're talking about with the resonance between us as human beings. You know, that what was it you said, Nancy? I think something about, you know, that there's. 40,000 people on the planet who are on the same vibrational resonance or frequency as you. Right. And it would, yes. And this was one of those things where we were talking about it and I just got this download or I think this is the way it worked, a download of 40,000. And I said the word 40,000 and then Walt did and immediately the, the pendulum check on it. And he, he said, yes, I'm, I'm getting a yes on the 40,000. Um, and because it was so spontaneous, you know, I, I mean, I don't know where that 40,000 came into my head. Well, I do, but, you know, 
my metaphysical self told me, and he confirms it. But every time 40,000 other people are vibrating so similarly to you that when you make a change, they pick it up and they make a change in energy. Now, the aha moment that made the change in you may be slightly different in them, but they have to come up to the energy level. We feed off of each other. Yeah, yeah, it's so true, you know. Um, and I, I take a lot of hope from that, you know, that when she was talking about the measurable electromagnetic and frequency power of the human heart, particularly in you know, spiritual, spiritually powerful people, that ordinarily, you know, the human electrical fields, you know, spreads out six feet from our bodies. But in spiritually powerful magnetic people, it can spread out, you know, miles potentially. And this is one of the things where um, like the great yogis and, and saints and great souls say, you know, just because you want to be of service to humanity doesn't mean you have to go out and be some great prophet or leader or rock star or whatever. It said because, you know, the God-knowing perceptions of a saint have a powerful influence, even if they're in a cave in the Himalayas, that there is a powerful vibration that spreads out from their consciousness, from the vibration, their frequency, from their heart, that has an enormously powerful effect on on all of humanity. Um, and not, you know, anything that takes away free will. It simply, you know, creates positive vibrations that, as you say, if you tune in, if we tune in, you know, they're available for us. I mean, I know of people... Um, you know, in my spiritual community in, in Los Angeles and Self-Realization Fellowship, I mean, you could, I'd be in the the India Hall of Self-Realization Fellowship at Hollywood Temple, and, and I was, you know, asked to direct some of the, um, the little productions of spiritual stories we do there. And I'd be sitting there, and um, I could, I would suddenly be aware when this one particular very saintly monk had quietly entered the back of the hall you know and sat down 20 feet behind me because the scorching field of bliss that he carried you know even you know somebody like me i'm not you know that super sensitive to this stuff uh i go whoa that's got to be brother and i turn around and there he was you know but because of that field which i'm sure in his case extended over all of you know, uh, that part of Los Angeles, brother being who he was. So that's that's encouraging. And all of us, each one of us can develop that magnetism if we tune in. Well, you know, we've been talking about the Schumann resonance. And that's that frequency that forever and ever, the average around the world was about 7 point, I think it's 7 point eight or something like that, seven point eight hertz. And now the thing is up over has is gone up as high as a hundred hertz. And yeah. you know, so what is this thing? Well it's a 
a vibration that, you know, like you clap your hands, or let's think in terms of visual. You throw a rock in, in a pond, and it starts to have those circles that start to go out. Well, you've got that situation between the ionosphere, the, the higher part of our atmosphere, and Earth itself. And that is measured, and it was measured by Schumann, who, that's why it's called the Schumann Resonance. So something has been happening to that um, particular phenomena. Let's just call it that. Uh, you want to say something? Um, no, I've, I've just pulled up a definition of it. It goes into the science. I can bring that in yeah, if we want. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. All right. So this is uh, some nice hard science here. This is from uh, a website called interestingengineering.com slash what is the Schumann resonance. Okay. So the Earth's magnetic field has a set of resonant frequencies that scientists theorize could have an effect on human behavior. So this is, you know, this is a pretty uh, conservative sort of mainstream analysis of it. The Earth has been the focus of a massive amount of scientific study over the years, from the shrinking ozone layer to the changes in our planet's magnetic field. There's plenty to keep researchers busy. One possibly surprising area of research is the way in which the Earth acts like a giant electrical circuit. The atmosphere of the Earth is actually a weak conductor. If there was no source of electric charge for the atmosphere, its energy would dissipate in about 10 minutes, but it doesn't. The ionosphere is the region of the Earth's atmosphere that stretches roughly from 30 to 620 miles, or from 50 to 1,000 kilometers above the surface, and along with the upper atmosphere forms a boundary between Earth's lower atmosphere and the vacuum of space. Due to solar radiation, individual electrons are dislodged from otherwise neutral gas atoms in this region, creating positively charged ions. This makes the ionosphere conductive and able to trap electromagnetic waves. Between the Earth's surface and the ionosphere is a cavity containing a total electrical charge of 500,000 coulombs. There is a vertical current flow between the ground and the ionosphere. The atmosphere has a resistance of 200 ohms and a voltage potential of 200,000 volts. Around the Earth, there are roughly 2,000 lightning storms at any given period of time, producing around 50 flashes of lightning every second. I mean, think about that for a second. You know, it's going on all the time. This accounts for much of the measured flow in this electromagnetic cavity. But what does all this mean? It means that there's a great deal of electrical activity between the surface of the Earth and the ionosphere. Some of this is in the form of standing waves of electricity. These standing waves are known as Schumann resonances. So what are these resonances? Each lightning burst creates electromagnetic waves that begin to circle Earth in the cavity between Earth's surface and the ionosphere. Some of the waves, if they are just the right wavelength, combine and increase in strength to create a Schumann resonance. The sweet spot for creating this resonance is when the wave is as long or longer than the circumference of Earth. This is an extremely low-frequency wave of up to 100,000 times lower than the lowest-frequency radio waves used to send signals to your AM-FM radio. If this wave flows around the Earth, it hits itself again in such a way that the crests and troughs of the wave are aligned and act in resonance with each other to increase the original signal. Scientists speculate the waves are related to the electrical activity in the atmosphere. So, um, you know, it goes on, uh, but that, that basically... Um, 
gives the, uh, you know, the essential science behind, you know, technically what is um, the Schumann resonance. And it was, it's usually stable at around 7.8. And um, it's been fluctuating wildly, like up to 80. And, and, and uh, right now, here on Cinco de Mayo, because I've, I've come across a website that tells us exactly what it is right this second. Um, come on. Come on. Okay, I'm looking at a picture. <laughs> I'm looking at a picture and it's not telling me graph updates every two hours and the human resonance is well I'm, I'm looking at a lot of waves folks I'm gonna have to back up we'll uh, try to pull that information for you uh, well yes what- yesterday it was at 60 but earlier in the week it was at 100 and it's normally at 7 7.8 it hasn't been 7. at 7.8 for a few years now yeah so and and this is said to have, you know, it influences um, people's behavior and mental and emotional states, and and uh, that it's it's a kind of you know barometer of of the planet of of our the overall consciousness. I don't know what do you want to call it, uh, Gestalt of of Gaia. I mean, do you feel it when you see it jump, Nancy? You know, are are you able to correlate it with Things you experience? Um, oh, I'm very, very energy sensitive, and I don't pay attention to what may be causing it unless I mean I go like, oh gosh, the energies are off. But a friend of mine, she knows, she'll feel it, and she'll go look it up. So she's she's sensitive to that particular energy that she knows. Oh, geez, that's the Schumann. It's way the hell up. And she's also an animal intuitor, intuitive type person, so she can detect that when the Schumann is really raised or, or sometimes just flip-flopped a, a little bit, um, her animals were, will be in a certain state. So, yes, we are, we are affected by it. But in talking about it, um, and I was talking with uh, Walt Silva and Dolly Howard and Shala Avalon, who's somebody who's just, she's been a chatter, and we brought her in. She's just phenomenal, um, talking about the Schumann and other things. Um, but we were uh, discussing the fact that you, they have the ability, and they've had it for quite a while, to actually put satellites up there that look back at Earth, de- you know, detecting all of the electromagnetic fluctuations, not just the Schumann, but all of it, you know, what's happening out there. And she did not know about this, what what happened on 9-11. Uh, so she thought that they, she didn't know about this. And, and it, it, it's too bad that more people don't know about this because it really solidifies in a scientific way what we're talking about here. Because they had the satellites up there looking at Earth. And 24 hours before 9-11, 9-11-2001, um, all of a sudden the, the measurements started just going up at an exponential rate. And it went through the time frame of the 9-11 24 hours, and then over the next two days dropped back down. But what was so uncanny about it was it happened before the event. I mean, you can almost say, oh, my God, everybody's going to a state of craziness, you know. Um, but no, it actually, 
humanity seemed to know, you know, that it was already in, in progression. Yeah. Um, so when she, and she was showing us charts of how odd everything looks in, in these kind of graphs right now. I mean, they're going up, like I say, it went up to 100. And the, you'll see in that graph that you looked at, you couldn't understand how to read. And believe me, I understand what that's about. Um, all that white stuff is stuff that could be cosmic, okay, or something else. It could be solar flares or something else. Well, right now the sun is very quiet, and we're getting all these peaks and an incredible amount of energy. And, you know, if, if it doesn't seem like it's coming from the sun, then is it coming from someplace else in the cosmos, or is it coming from us? Are we, uh, you know, are we putting this energy out that's being recorded? Because, they, you know, you see the energy, but where exactly is its source? Because you have to have a little bit of this and a little bit of that to get the signal. Um, right. You know, so, uh, yeah, I, I, as somebody who's, who considers myself a scientist in that I observe reality, figure out what I think is happening, test my observations... And then go from there. That's a scientist. Now, you don't have to have degrees for this. Everybody that does that is a scientist. And if you look at it that way, you go, no, something very profound is happening. And it's not dark. It's not the dark side suddenly, you know, taking control and doing this. Why? Because that, the, the, what, what makes, it, what makes the, the one difference between who we are and even who Data was on on Star Trek, you know, this very advanced robotic human, what do they call them, androids. You know, what's the difference? Well, the difference is is that we were made by God. We were made by biolog in a biological way that gave us things that Data can never have. Data would never be able to put his hand on somebody and heal them. He would never be able to telepathically read their minds unless they were chipped. You know, he's not the type that can go do remote viewing. All of this is stuff that we as human beings have been gifted with from birth. But the most important thing is we love. And the other thing that's missing from that concept of reality is they can't create. They don't yeah. have any imagination. Even in Star Trek and the Borg, which was like a telltale sign of where they want us to go, they could only assimilate. They could not create. Exactly. You know, this is putting me in mind of that wonderful quote from uh, Mahatma Gandhi uh, about this very thing, about, you know, the, the triumph of love. And, you know, we've been sharing some, some pretty bleak information along with hopeful information here. And when you, you know, with what Dr. Kerry Medej was, was sharing with us about, you know, how long this agenda has been in preparation, you know, how all pervasive, you know, the media fear campaigns and what's actually in, in the vaccinations and, you know, the, the, the medical fraud and the transhumanism and the agenda and all of it, you know, you, it's enough to make you despair, right? So um, here we have Mahatma Gandhi, and this is what he said about despair. 
He said, When I despair, I remember that all through history, the way of truth and love has always won. There have been tyrants and murderers, and for a time they can seem invincible. But in the end, they always fall. Think of it. Always. So thank you, uh, Gandhiji, for that reminder to us all that in the end, the way of truth and love has always triumphed and will triumph. And I feel that when I listen to people like Dr. Kerry Medej and uh, Dr. Christian Northrup, and heck, when I listen to you, Nancy, <laughs> you know, I mean, we don't have uh, a platform of, you know, a million uh, subscribers who are tuning in. But those of you who are listening, you are very powerful. And and you brought up the fact, Nancy, that, you know, this moves, what we're sharing here, what we're saying here is moving into the collective consciousness of of humanity because we are daring to claim our, our sovereign rights as souls to share this with you and stepping out on a limb, sticking our necks out a bit here uh, on Radio 5G to to share this information, to share this light, to share this truth and hope, that's having a ripple effect to you and to everyone you know. And even beyond that, you know, at a, at a high etheric level uh, in the consciousness of, of humanity itself in a way that I, you know, can't necessarily exactly explain in detail, but I've experienced it and I believe it. You know, one of the, uh, rec- well, a little bit ago, we had somebody come into chat who said the uh, name was um, in China. And this was, in fact, somebody in China who had been listening to us for quite a long time learning English. <laughs> but the statement that was made, and it was a very short um, communication, but what I, I was reminded of was something that this person, either he or she, never did figure that one out, said, and that was that you people in America don't understand the Chinese people. And I'm trying to paraphrase it because it was, the English wasn't that great. It was sort of like what I could get out of what she had said or he had said. And um, what I got from it was that in China, even though they have, she said something about there's been all sorts of different, over, over the lot, long lifespan of the Chinese people, there have been different governments. Some of them have been bad, some of them good. And they don't affect us. Okay? And it was, it was an interesting thing that, that in, in her mind, the government was absolutely, whatever was happening with it was separated from the, the society, the culture, the people. And I think that's probably true for the vast geographic area of China because this all, all this takeover this transhumanism agenda is so dependent on 5G. And even exactly. even in China's state, um, they haven't built it out completely. 
So my, if I had to bet, I'd bet she was in some area that is not within their 5G, if she could still be, you know, thinking along those lines. And unfortunately, it well, it tells us a couple of things. It, it tells us that, you know, they, they're going to get, they, they may be able to get some people, but they're not going to get all of us. No, they're not, and it only takes a few. As we know, you know, the famous Margaret Mead quote, never doubt that, you know, a small group of committed idealists can change the world because, indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. And, you know, when I think about that, uh, you know, I I know a little bit about Chinese history, and I know there was this concept uh, over the centuries and the, the various dynasties in China when the whatever regime was in place, you know, had the cooperation of the people for so long as the people believed that that dynasty, that empire, that emperor had what was called the mandate of heaven. And that when the people perceived that the emperor no longer had the mandate of heaven, that that dynasty would fall. And yeah, well, how is the mandate of heaven determined? Well, you know, it's the health uh, and well-being of of the people. If there are you know disasters and famines and earthquakes, this is heaven letting you know that things have gotten so badly disturbed that this regime no longer has the mandate of heaven. You know what we might call the the trust and confidence of the divine. So that is what, you know, we have the right. We, where does the mandate of heaven come from? It comes from within our hearts, our, you know, innate connection to spirit, to God. So that's what, that's what keeps me hopeful, you know. Um, and what I think of people like Dr. Mary Hardy and the Holy Grail Vortex Protocol, which is an enormously powerful means of using our sovereign power as souls using toroidal energy to um, sanctify intentions and to break through the control grid and um, we're going to be talking with with dr hardy shortly um, here in crestone and i am when i think about what can we do okay like dr kerry medish said you know meet talk share share the medical information the the truth about what's in these jabs and our our human rights our legal rights saying breathe talk hug kiss be humans gather right and then i also think about these really powerful tools that god has placed in our hands of sacred science and the holy grail vortex Protocol. Look it up on YouTube, Mary Hardy, Holy Grail Vortex. Wonderful instructional um, videos on how you and a few friends can utilize these energies. Uh, and that's, again, one of those things that the cumulative effect of it, of small groups around the world. And again, it reminds me of, you know, what you saw that Gaia guided with the King Mind disaster of all these lights gathering into larger lights and finally tipping the balance and so that healing could take place from that, that pollution. That's what we have. That's what we've been given. And so I'm hopeful that, that we can have uh, Dr. Hardy join us on, on Radio 5G. 
And there are many other, you know, you talk about the Shungite field and, and, you know, the work of Derek Condit and going around spreading the Shungite grid across the planet and, and saving the bees and how Shungite is staving off bee colony collapse and helping the bees thrive again. These are all these divine tools that have been placed in our hands. And it's, you know, it's our happy privilege and job here at Radio 5G to, to share them. So keep hope alive. We win in the end. Spirit, love, truth always wins in the end. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Don't where's the no. Where's the end, you know? Um, there is yeah, the end. Well, exactly. I mean, right. Well, no, in this episode, this part, this particular chapter of the story. Well, right? one of the things that, that were, was in the prophecy was that people shouldn't take themselves very seriously. You know? Well, so don't take it personally. He didn't say don't take yourself seriously. He's like, you got to keep it light. You got to. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's like when we're out there and we're trying to deal with people that are absolutely I mean I was thinking when I was listening to uh, Dr. Carey that you know okay so I'll go talk to my best friend so to speak um, for years for decades who's gotten two shots and I'm going like no it's not going to work it's just not going to work you do have to know the people that you need and don't, you know, you, you don't have to go looking for them. They will be drawn to you. Your metaphysical self, their metaphysical self will bring the people together, even if it's radio, you know, even if it's radio. Because the key okay. is, you know, putting out that. And, and, and you know, when, when you think of the, uh, the human body and, and its multidimensional aspects of different layers of energy, they're not really layers but we talk about them because one of the things we have a problem with is a limitation in our vocabulary for a lot of the things that are happening to us. And when we when we got the, if you just think of the chakra system, well, the physical body is an energy body too, but it's vibrating at every. If something seems solid to you, it's because it's in the same vibrational range. It's like. We're talking about the same spectrum that you listen to on radio, your FM, your AM, TV, radio, uh, microwave. All of these things are part of this electromagnetic spectrum. And the physical world is part of that. Okay, but it's more expanded way, but it's part of that. It's part of an electromagnetic spectrum. So you can only listen to an FM radio station if you've got a radio that will tune into an FM station. Well, think of it this way, is that you are locked into a particular spectrum, but all you have to do is develop the, the sensitivity to be able to make a different tuning, to be able to see more, to understand more, to get more information. And this information is going through your chakra systems but you're an energy body at the physical so you have a physical chakra system and you just have to pay attention to what you're feeling you know we go through life and all of a sudden you feel nauseous you you just walked into this room and my god your stomach is just turning over why because you walked into a place that's got bad energy for you 
And your higher self, your metaphysical self, is saying, you don't want to go in there. That energy's not good for us. Let's get out. You know? You um, you go to say something that that all of a sudden your, your throat chakra, it just kind of closes up. And you can't quite get it out. It's because your metaphysical self is saying, don't, don't, no, we don't want to say that. Or sometimes it's the same thing is happening to you, but it's because your heart chakra is so throwing out so much emotion that you don't want to break down and start sobbing like a baby. And so, you know, the same mechanism comes in, but this is your consciousness saying, I don't want to, I don't want to break down like this. And again, you'll get that constriction in the area of the throat because now it's the physical chakra that is responding. Right. Yeah, because the the centers of light and energy in the inner spine, which are the chakra system, they, you know, govern and regulate the outer manifestation, you know, the throat chakra and the inner spine of light and energy, you know, directly affects and manifests as your ability to speak, you know, out of your throat, out of your heart. Um, what, and I've experienced that many times where, you know, I'm about to say something and I literally get uh, a refusal to cooperate, you know, in the heart chakra it goes, mm, your intuition is going don't get on that timeline of saying that. And I, okay. You know, it's not like I feel like I'm choking. It's an intuitive signal that it goes, okay, if the words don't flow, it's because they're not supposed to. And, you know, I think about pop culture, right? And how we get programmed and all that and the agenda and Hollywood and they're trying to, you know, condition us to accept AI and all. Okay. Yeah. But they also can't prevent these messages of inspiration getting out because of the way we need to tell stories as human beings. And when it comes to the chakra system, you know, what is the most all-pervasive pop cultural myth that Hollywood's come up with, you know, that is global? Well, it's Star Wars, obviously, right? So where did Star Wars come from? George Lucas. Where did Lucas formulate the whole framework? From Joseph Campbell, right? And from an understanding of the hero, the hero's journey, you know, and, and, and myth. And also specifically with the Jedi Knights, the Jedi Knights, that name derives from the Jedi guardian priesthood of ancient Egypt, which the Templar Knights traced as their inner esoteric lineage going from the medieval Templars to the Sufis who taught the Templars, the Sufis to the Essenes from whom came Jesus and Mary Magdalene back to the mystery schools of Isis and on back to Pharaonic Egypt and the, the Jedi guardian priests. And that name Jedi comes from the Jed pillar. And it's one of the most well-known symbols in Egyptian hieroglyphics. And it is the symbol of the inner spine, the Jedi the Jedi were masters of the chakras, or masters of using, of channeling their life force upward to the higher centers of consciousness where super consciousness and oneness with all that is can be experienced. And hey, you know, everybody talks about, oh, you know, the Jedi Knights, and you know, I bought my kid a lightsaber, you know, uh, for Christmas and all the rest of it. And hidden within that is this inner truth, this lineage 
of, you know, of those who made it their sworn sacred duty to uplift humanity through sharing the sacred science. So I just thought I'd share that. You know, that's that's out there for all of us to tune into. From the heart. From the You've heart got chakra. just so many interesting stories. I just love <laughs> your stories. So we all want to be Jedi Knights. Uh, yeah, basically. Uh, it works for basically, me. Basically, that's it. It works yeah, for me. Yeah, and hey, just to remind everybody that here on Radio 5G, we are a joint project of Cosmic Reality Radio and the Sacred Academy of Geoenergetics here in Crestone, which is the outer mission, SAGE, Sacred Academy of Geoenergetics, happens to be the outer mission of the Johannine Templar Order. So we are actually doing as best we can our part of the Templar Code and the Templar Stream of sharing sacred science for the upliftment of humanity. If you want to check it out further, Reverend Maya Nartumid and I have a, a pretty cool YouTube channel, Blue Star Rising, the Templar Awakening, in which uh, we share a lot of stuff. we got to have you on that show pretty soon, Nancy. I'd be honored. Yeah, okay. You're our next guest. Let's do it. <laughs> so are we coming up? Uh, what are we coming? we got to, yeah, we're, we're just about coming up on any closing thoughts here? Um, well, yeah, in that it's it, we've really got to become active in a meaningful way. I think we have to go to a point of being mindful to think of ourselves. There's no there's no power in the past and the present. I mean, in the future, it's only in the present, and we really have to begin to take control over every single thing that we think, because this is the only way we're going to get control over the reality. So it does take mindfulness. You know, when you when you go to drink something, think in terms of purification of the love. Let the love just, you know, practice opening up your heart chakra. You got a uh, 0.5 hertz is the the energy of the heart and when you're in a 0.5 hertz environment that you can create by just using the words gratify grat i'm gr so grateful i'm appreciative i really do love you in all of its many connotations so um yes we have to begin to, to really and you don't have to you know yes get with people and do as much connecting with your people but um really it begins with us we've got to get control over our minds don't waste it watching television amen to that yeah and uh, I think of the words of um, Saint Lawrence, uh, who Brother Lawrence, he actually was, who wrote um, "Practice of the Presence of God." He said that in feeling the presence of the divine, he feels like this state of complete love and trust, like an infant at its mother's breast. He said, "I would call this state of perfect contentment the breast of God." Um, course being a you know catholic monk he wasn't thinking in terms of divine mother or the goddess aspect of the divine but that's what that essential love and trust is you know to have that perfect trust in divine mother heavenly father specifically the divine mother that it's like we know, gotta go we gotta go thanks for tuning in to radio 5g and god bless us everyone we'll see you next time folks 
Thank you for listening. May it be. Oh, let it be.